IntelliKey Leadership Stories, the podcast for conscious leaders. We share the lessons learned from global leaders making an impact for their organizations, stakeholders, and investors. For people, community, and environment, we get inspired by their experiences, attitudes, and practices. Here are your hosts for IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast, IntelliKey Leadership Stories, where we tell the stories of conscious leaders and how they're achieving their full potential and how they're pursuing even a soul's purpose, a higher consciousness in business and in life. You know, when we think about conscious living, Kirsten, a lot of times in, you know, environmental and climate control and carbon footprint, we think of big companies, big oil companies or things like that. But each of us as individuals, even as small businesses, can adjust our practices to help improve the world. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because as we talk about, you know, what each individual or smaller companies can do, I recall listening to a clubhouse talking about thinking about the swag we're producing. So I'm really excited about this guest. It's going to be a great topic. And we're so happy to welcome to the program, Tara Milburn. Tara is the founder and CEO of a great company called Ethical Swag. It's a sustainable branding company that helps companies achieve their brands, but also their ESG goals. I mean, it's just quite an interesting combination, Tara, and we can't thank you enough for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Well, tell us about how eco-friendly corporate giving and employee recognition and the swag part of it became a sustainable environmental idea for you and your company. You know, I, I actually have a lot of gray hair. I know this is an audio podcast um, <laughs> and I also have a good hairdresser, so you can't see it, but I, I've been around for a long time. I started my career in the early nineties and I, I'm new to the swag business in the last 11 years. Really my career was everything for professional sports to foreign direct investment to marketing communications. And what I found was business was kind of broken. And I knew that I wanted to create a different kind of business. When I looked around, swag was ubiquitous. And I thought, what better way? And I also realized that there was a disconnect between what corporations said they stood for and then the products that they put their logos on. And so I came to this business not from the promotional product side, but from the corporate side saying there's got to be a better way. And also from the entrepreneurial side where I was looking to create a business that was different. I haven't had a burning desire to put logos on pens my whole life. Uh, (laughs) This is more about the vehicle for change. And I just felt that this was a fabulous way to harness the power of business and big business to channel those dollars into supply chains and into organizations that could really further some bigger goals. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it comes from, honestly. And uh, it's a $25 billion industry. And I was like, we could, we could really make some change there. Make a difference. And it's interesting you're saying from where you came from, because you weren't in the business and quote pivoting, you know, let's try to do it differently. 
you looked at it with fresh eyes coming from outside the business. Exactly. Like I didn't know what vector artwork was. I like I knew nothing <laughs> about the industry. Nothing. I just saw a problem that needed to be solved. And when I looked into the industry, I was like, why is this so hard? Like what why is this difficult? And it was complicated right? Trying to figure out where products were coming from and, and making sure greenwashing wasn't going on and, and of that sort of thing. And so when I did research into it and I talked to who I thought my customers would be, it wasn't what I thought at all. Like it was really, it was a really interesting journey. And um, I realized that there was opportunity uh, within the industry to look at it through a different lens. Um, and that's what I said at to do back in 2010. Hmm. I really, you know, when you think about that and you actually even think about supply chain and where products are being made, how they're being made, what materials are being used, you know, everybody gets excited about that conversation, but there's often a price differential, right? You go into a local co-op and you buy a nice piece of paper that's been recycled. Their notebook is $15 where I can go buy one for a dollar down at the local you know, drugstore. How do you address the economic scale necessary to support small businesses and or large businesses and cost, you know, analysis, as well as providing the right, we call it, we call it doing right for the right reasons type of product? You absolutely hit the nail on the head with that question. Um, and that was sort of the really big how do we solve for this? You know, when I started, because I was starting from the customer perspective. And when I did customer research, the main two objections that I got were, oh yeah, the I love sustainability and I can't afford it. <laughs> right. To your point. Mm -hmm. And what was not said in that sentence that was inferred was, so therefore it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And it does, right? And so because of the approach that I had and because of the way I was looking at it, I was like, well, where do we meet our customers where they are? Because let's not go for perfection, let's go for progress. And so I had to really dig deep into what does ethical mean, right? Before I started really doing any ethical, if I asked 10 people what ethical meant, you get 10 different definitions. So we had to get really deep into what does ethical mean in the context of solving the problem for our future and potential customers. And so the way that I did that was I said, okay, there's good, better, best. So good means we have third-party audits around product quality, product safety, supply chain security, environmental stewardship, and social compliance. That's good. Okay, we look under the hood and we say, okay, um, where are these products coming from? Guess what? A lot of products come from China. And that's, that's the reality that we live in, right? So let's just make sure that there's no child labor. Let's make sure that there is environmental stewardship on behalf of the manufacturing facilities. Let's make sure that we do um, a real look at the supply chain and those sorts of things. And that's what we have as good. And then what we have as better is, okay, now let's layer in some sustainability criteria. Is it recycled? Is it organic? Is it biodegradable? Et cetera, et cetera. And then in the best category, what we're looking for there is 
suppliers, manufacturers that are mission driven so that you're amplifying the impact of that spend. So if you are choosing to, to buy that product uh, from a, a supplier or manufacturer, that also then in turn gives to, for example, water projects globally or ocean um, projects, or um, we have socks where if you buy a pair of socks or you buy you know, 500 pairs of socks, 500 pairs of socks are donated to a homeless shelter in your name because it's the biggest issue for homeless shelters. Mm-hmm. One of the bigger issues. So that is what we would classify as mission-driven. So you've got good, better, best. And we just, we're very transparent. We're really clear. And we're not preaching that we're good and somebody else is bad. Or It's, it's nothing to do with that. It's really about transparency and understanding where the products are coming from, who's making them, and doing our best that we can today. Yes. And I was wondering how people feel about, I guess, the true impact that kind of decision can make. You know, that it really could matter which t-shirt you bought, or it really could matter which grocery bag you chose. Have you been able to put your finger on those impact differences? Yeah, and that's absolutely on our roadmap as well, right? So we have, we we buy bags from, um, or we, in our supply chain, we have B Corps that have bags. So uh, that makes our life a lot easier because they're also doing a lot of really deep work into their supply chains and the impact that they have, right? Um, and so some of the work that we're doing for 2022 is we're actually mapping ESG goals and the 17 um, sustainability goals of the United Nations against all of our practices so that we can clearly define and create those linkages between what we sell and how they support those ESG goals. So it's, it's, it's literally a work in progress right now. Mm -hmm. um, But you have a yardstick. Yeah. But you have a yardstick. You're not just saying, oh, this feels good. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And how, what are you finding in market adoption and what size companies are choosing to really look at this in a deeper way, meaning your product, your products, plural? Right. Yeah. So it, it's really interesting. Uh, I'll go back to that original research that I did and it wasn't what I expected. So I saw universities, I saw community colleges, I saw corporations talking about sustainability. And because of the work that I had done previously, I had quite a few connections into the C-suite. And I was able to say, listen, we can solve some of these problems for you. And they, I I didn't get a lot of interest, to be honest. And I was like, oh, this is a drag because I'm not interested in selling pens for a living. And if it means that I am, you know, flogging product, like I, we're just trying to provide alternatives mm-hmm. to budget and to money that's already being spent. We're not trying to grow the pie. We're just trying to channel the money that's being spent within that industry into supply chains and into organizations that are having an impact. And so when I talked to some of the C-suite, I realized, oh, this is hard. And I don't want it to be hard because I, I don't want to sell. <laughs> that's kind of not what the, the mission is. And so when I researched it and we had clients and I talked to clients and that sort of thing, I found that it was very much a grassroots. The people that are buying swag in a lot of organizations are the marketing coordinators, the marketing directors, sometimes the receptionists. They're given a budget 
of you know five thousand dollars and say oh you know we've got such and such can you find us some pens and some notebooks and some more? and so when I realized that and I couldn't get the ear of the C-suite necessarily because they were doing other things I was like I'm going to make it really easy to find and buy some things and so it was very much a business model deployment that I really focused on okay so that was in the early days our clients today are all the, the large global brands that you can imagine. And they found us. We have not done advertising. And it boggles my mind. Like, and our staff gets so excited. It's like, uh, National Geographic called yesterday. Uh, you know, like, we're a preferred supplier of Microsoft. We've got Google. We've got, like, Shopify, Stripe. Like, you name them. We haven't marketed to any of them. They have come to us as a solution. Mm -hmm. um, and it was because I think how we structured it. We, we didn't go knocking on doors trying to get people to buy swag. We just said, if you're buying swag, here's an alternative. And we'll just tell you exactly where it's coming from and what we're all about. And that's, that's working really well. Does that answer? It absolutely does. And, you know, I, if I'm correct, you're also a B Corp as well, right? So you structured your company to align with the values that you espouse and work towards supporting. Tell us a little bit about a B Corp and why that was so important and the difference between, you know, the gap between the nonprofit and the profit, the corporations, right? I mean, it's kind of a, a centering thought, doing right, doing well. Absolutely. So, you know, like I said, I've, I've been around for, I've, got, I've been in business now for 30 years, you know, as an employee and as an entrepreneur. And, um, and it was really important to me to create a different kind of business. So Ethical Swag was born not because I wanted to sell pens with logos, not because I was looking for a job. It was a vehicle for change. I love profit. Because the way that we are going, I do. Listen, you're speaking our language. Mark, you go. I, I disagree. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm against it. <laughs> I love because that's Profits how we're going to have. Yes, you know, I want to point to this though because I think it's it's fascinating, right? We're talking about making a global impact, a change, doing right for the right reason. And there is sometimes a, a shame and an embarrassment for saying, I like profit, right? Like, oh, I shouldn't want to espouse to do well as well, right? So, uh, you know, I think it's a really big conversation that's happening. We can be profitable and do well, right? It's not an, uh, an and or. I mean, it is We have it, to be. Right? Yes. So I just, I wanted to speak to that, but I didn't mean to disrupt where you were going. Not at all. No, I totally agree with you. Like we have to show up to this fight with the right tools, <laughs> with the right, web, you know, and if we are going to actually uh, have an impact, we have to do it in a way that has impact. And you, you, you got to fight fire with fire, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the, the missions that I have is to also show, demonstrate, because it's not what you say, it's what you do that matters, demonstrate that for-profit business can be a vehicle for change. Mm -hmm. And so we're not going to do that by not being profitable because people go, oh, you know, those socialists over there, they can't like get anything going, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And so the young ones coming up, we're going to go, yeah, well, 
it sounds good what Tara's doing, but Jeff Bezos, I like that better. <laughs> right? Or what so we gotta we've gotta show that there is another way, but still be profitable and successful. And and that's kind of what I'm what's important to me. So to back to your question about B Corp. I was gonna say so, but and also just to tie the B Corp <laughs> thing together, because you also mentioned it was important to you to look back into the supply chain to find other B Corps because they're also being audited against these standards. Exactly. So the B Corp is means that we've been audited to a global standard for sustainability and it is rigorous it it's not you don't buy this you don't you don't wake up one morning and say i think i want to be a b corp right it's either in your dna or it's not it's not something that you you think oh this is going to help me get business so i think i'll go and do it so you're saying it supersedes the pain of sarbanes-oxley <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, I don't know. <laughs> That's crucial. That's hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's it's along those lines, right? And so it means, you know, for us, it was a complete no-brainer because it was what the foundation of the business was built on. It was already our core values. It was already why we existed. It wasn't a let's go do this because it's a good marketing thing. Mm -hmm. It was all about, I wanted to create a business as a vehicle for change. I wanted to use and harness the power of business to have an impact. And the other issue that in our particular industry that I was concerned about is greenwashing. So how do you know that, like, I literally, and this is embarrassing to say, but when I, when I first started, I remember calling up a supplier and saying I wanted to talk to their compliance department, and I was interested in XYZ product. And the person on the phone said, well, you just tell us what you want it to say on the package, and we can do that. We'll do whatever you want. <laughs> so tell me, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound ignorant, what is greenwashing? So I understand the term. It's when people make claims around sustainability and environmental impact that aren't true and aren't substantiated. Okay. So it's eco. What does that mean? Right? It's green <laughs> and it's sustainable. Well, why is it sustainable? Or, or, you know, like when somebody calls, like if I use the food industry for, as an example, it's low fat, right? Um, I, that's not a good example because I don't know. Anything about no, it is well, actually. It, it is, and you know, it's it's free of this and free of that. You know, so yes. Meanwhile, we have twenty pounds of sugar in it. Okay. <laughs> exactly, and so for you know, we define sustainability as far more than just the environment. Mm -hmm. As a woman in business. Um, I had to make choices. I chose to make choices throughout my career. I have three kids um, and I made very conscious decisions about career moves. Um, and I, would, I was on the, the um, playground when my kids were little and I saw this huge brain trust and I was able to carve out part-time work and work that sort of allowed me to do the kinds of things I wanted to do professionally and personally 25 years ago when the internet wasn't what it is now and all that sort of thing. And I was like, oh my God, we're leaving all of these amazing minds on the playground, really. There was all kinds of people that I, and they were like, how do you have meaningful work that you can fit in and still get your kids to the park? And I was like, we need to create businesses that allow for that. Why are we saying it's an all or a nothing? So sustainability for ethical swag is environmental it's social, it's governance, it's the employees, it's how we, it's 
everything. It's, it's honestly a vehicle for change. Um, and so it was really important for us just to sort of circle it all back and close that thought that um, we pursued and were successful in our B Corp so that at a glance, people know that we are not just talking, but we are actually doing. And the B Labs, the not-for-profit B Labs that conduct the audits these very rigorous audits. Um, if you know anything about B Corp, or somebody's a B Corp, you know that they've adhered to some pretty stringent standards. And in our particular industry, out of over 25,000 distributors in North America, there's less than a handful that are B Corps. Hmm. Very That's interesting. Well, we've been talking about your, how you've organized your business and how you operate your business. But you've also alluded to the family decisions and even where you live. And I thought we were just touching on it before we began uh, the interview. And I'd love to hear more because that it's in your DNA. You've decided to live even uh, a more, I guess, environmentally friendly lifestyle. Yeah, so uh, we literally live in the middle of a biosphere, a United Nations Biosphere Reserve. Uh, on an island that National Geographic has um, listed as the top island in North America. Uh, it's called Cape Breton Island. Google it. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, but it means also that we're not close to a, a population base, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot of knocking on doors for business where I am. So the business model, again, you know, when I go back to why I'm doing what I'm doing in the industry I'm doing it in, there was opportunity, we were solving a problem, and it was something that we could do from where we chose to live. I'm originally from Montreal, a big city, lived in Vancouver for 11 years. A big part of my career was in Vancouver, love cities, but we just ch chose uh, Cape Breton Island as a place to raise our children because we thought it was a pretty cool place. And my husband's from here originally, so we do have family connections. That's uh, fantastic. Well, Tara, what a great conversation. We've enjoyed it so much. And I know listeners are going to want to connect with you and follow your work and learn more about your company. Where can we find you? We, we have ethical swag everywhere. Ethical, ethical swag on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and our website is ethicalswag.com. So we're pretty easy to find. And I love that you've bypassed the sort of promotional products. It's like, let's get to the point. It's swag, people. That's what we call it. That's what it is. And it's ethical. So <laughs> we're not beating around the bush. Absolutely. Uh, uh, great conversation. Yeah. And Kirsten, as we said, isn't this the kind of companies we've loved and to talk about? It's like, you know, it's one thing to say we put a plaque on the wall to say we want you know, to pursue these principles, but it's another to actually do it. Oh, without a doubt, Mark. I mean, how often are we talking about now? You know, we've talked to so many people in the C-suites that it's just no longer okay to say we do it. They're being called out. This is a call out generation, you know? So it's nice to see alignment of values. Well, Tara, thanks for sharing your story. Uh, I really appreciate uh, your interest and thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Well, listeners, our guest has been Tara Milburn. Her company is Ethical Swag, and it's been so great to talk to her. So we've learned a lot about how we can make choices in our business and in life to improve our IntelliKey, to pursue our soul's purpose and our full human potential in business and in life. 
So come back again for our next episode. We'll have more conversations like this to educate us and inspire us to pursue our own IntelliKey. So until next time, for Kirsten Gouldy, I'm Mark Stenson. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn and visit our website, pureintellikey.com. I'm Jared Kajak. Join us again for our next episode of IntelliKey Leadership Stories. This podcast is produced by BSB Media. We also host two other podcasts you might enjoy, Unlocking Your World of Creativity and Five Minutes of Peace. Subscribe today and leave a review on your favorite podcast player.